Welcome to the fourth episode of Impact Without Borders. My name is Nicole Beverlin, and I will be your host. Last episode, we had the chance to talk to Iman from Pakistan, who completed her study abroad six years ago. One of the reasons Iman chose to do a study abroad in the U.S. was so that she could help dispel some of the misconceptions Americans have about Pakistan, and likewise dispel some mixed conceptions that Pakistanis have about Americans. After high school, Iman returned to the States for college. Since graduating, Iman is impacting her community by working in a COVID testing lab, as well as teaching her friends and co-workers around her about Pakistan. During this episode of Impact Without Borders, we will be speaking to Judy, a former host mom from Caldwell, Idaho. Judy and her husband hosted a boy from Germany and a girl from Ukraine. She hosted the boy from Germany around the same time that the Berlin Wall was torn down, and she hosted her student from Ukraine shortly after the breakup of the Soviet Union. Hosting these students during such pivotal times in their countries gave Judy an interesting perspective of the challenges other countries face, and gave her a renewed appreciation for the American culture and some of the freedoms and luxuries she had taken for granted. She will also be talking about some of the ways her exchange students have impacted their host community. One of the main ways they impacted their communities was through teaching those around them about the differences between their home country and the U.S., to hear more about Judy's experience, please stay tuned for this episode of Impacts Without Borders. Hi, Judy. Can you introduce yourself to our listeners? Yes. I worked as a language arts teacher for 31 years. And during that time, I had many exchange students in my classes. And my husband and I decided as empty nesters when the opportunity arose to be hosts instead of just having me as a teacher. And that's how we became involved in the program. So you hosted two students. Can you tell us a little bit about that? The first student was Alex. He was from Germany. He was 17. The second student was Victoria. She was from Ukraine, and she was 16. Both of them came to us mid-year. They were in situations of placement with other family that just was not working, and both of them were on the verge of being sent home. They needed somewhere to go. Alex was in my class when this happened, and I told him that we would take him at the end of the semester. I preferred not to have him in my class and as a student. And Victoria came to us the end of October, first part of November, and both of them completed the years with us, and both of them were fun to have and we enjoyed them a great deal. It was, it was a strange situation, but it worked for us. Yeah, definitely. Can you tell us a little bit about why it didn't work out with their past host families? Basically, it was a problem with the hosts having a different expectation of what and exchange students' responsibilities to the host family consisted of. Both of them found themselves in positions where they were wanting them to either 
babysit the younger children in the home or provide a social life for the younger children in the home. Both of them were in very um, traditional religious families who felt that it was their obligation to make sure that they went to church with them two or three times a week. And again, that was not something that the programs wanted them to be doing or unless they wanted to. So it just boiled down to it, it was not fitting and they needed to find something that would work. Yeah, definitely. That does sound like it would be a, a difficult experience if you were a student and then going into those kinds of host families. Um, so because they were both coming from unfortunate situations, unfortunate host families, um, as a result, they had a bit of a negative view of Americans. Can you talk about how you tried to turn this around and help leave them with a more positive experience? Well, the first thing that we did was that we acknowledged to both of them that we understood that this situation was not ideal, that it was not necessarily their fault because they were blaming themselves, and that it would be very different in our home. With both of them, they visited our home, they checked out their bedroom, they saw what the, the facilities were like, we discussed a few things about what we expected from them and what they could reasonably expect from us. So when we started off, we didn't start off on the premise that everything was going to be roses. We started out on the premises when we're living together, we have to make adjustments and we have to work things out. Both of them... Um, became very close to my mother, who was widowed at the time. And she was always kind of on call, and they knew that. And that was part of the orientation. If you have a problem and we're not available, uh, here's my mother's phone number, contact her. They also met and our son and our daughter-in-law, and later on our grandchildren. So we had that. In addition, once we discussed things like, I expected them to do their own laundry. I expected them to keep their rooms clean. I will never make your beds, their beds, or uh, wash their sheets. That was all their job. When they used the kitchen, it was their job to clean it up. Our job was to make sure that there was detergent, that they knew how to use the washing machine, and that there was food so they could cook for themselves if they needed. On top of that, we said we would take them places and do things. We took them shopping. We took them out to different restaurants to enjoy the different ethnic varieties of food. We took them horseback riding. We took them to McCall during the Winter Carnival. They went sledding with our daughter-in-law and our son, we just tried to make sure that they had things to do and that they were experiencing living in America. For Alex, that was a bit of a shock because my household, was a, I always joke that it was an equal opportunity to household. 
And that means everyone has their ch a chance to take care of themselves. And he thought that was a little harsh, but he got used to it. Last time we talked, you told me that while you were a teacher, you had a lot of foreign exchange students in your classroom. Can you tell me what it was like having exchange students in your classroom while you were a teacher? Well, I thought it was exciting. It was always fun because no matter what happened, there was always an opportunity somewhere along the line to talk about their experiences in America and or at home. And that was exciting. I think one of the, the most interesting experiences I had with a foreign exchange student was the year that the United States government entered into a, an agreement with East Germany and with the communist bloc countries to allow a certain number of students to come to the United States and study for a year. Now, this was a big deal because it was the communists who were agreeing to let these students come. And during that year, the Berlin Wall was torn down and Germany was reunited. And the, the young lady I had from East Germany was in a panic. She had tried calling home to see how her parents were doing, what was happening, because all she knew was what she was reading in the paper and hearing on the news, but she knew nothing about how they were faring. And this lasted for several days before she finally got a phone call through. And when she did, her parents were fine, but they told her that they were going to move to the West as soon as they possibly could. They had, were going to be looking in the next couple of days at that time for a home, and they would move while she was in the United States. It threw her for a really big loop because she wasn't going to go home to what she knew was home. She was going to the West. She was going to a new home, a new school, new classmates, and she was excited about it, but she was also very frightened. Um, we also talked about uh, banned books. I was teaching Animal Farm at the time, which is a book about the Russian Revolution, and it was a banned book in East Germany. So she found it fascinating to read. Yeah, definitely. That's really interesting, and that would be a kind of terrifying time to be in the U.S. Um, when your home is being taken away from you like that. So that's really interesting. And you also hosted Alex, your student from Germany, around the same time that the Berlin Wall fell. Can you talk about some of the things Alex taught you about that? Well, the main thing was that his uh, father was a long-distance truck driver who drove all over Europe, making deliveries. And as working class, they were very concerned about what was going to happen to the German, German jobs and their social programs and their standard of living 
because they were basically uniting a very progressive West Germany, very modern, with the repressed, very poor East German section. And so that was a real challenge for them to, to deal with that. Yeah, definitely. I think that's really interesting that you bring it up because, you know, we're taught about that here in the U.S., but I think a lot of students don't realize just how huge of a deal that was, the Berlin Wall being torn down. I think a lot of American students don't really realize how huge of an event that was and how much it impacted the citizens of that country. And then also, you mentioned to me that your student from the Ukraine came to you a few years after the fall of the Soviet Union. Can you talk about some of the things she taught you about living in a communist country? Oh, there are many things. Her father is a doctor, and he is the head of the medical, what we would call the socialized medicine in their town that had around 80,000 people. As the head of the hospital, he was responsible for the, all the medical care of everyone in the town. And he was given an obscenely small amount of money per individual for their care. And it included regular mental, mental care, it, checkups, hospitalizations, accidents, dental work, all of that. And I, I believe it, it was like equivalent of $20 a year of American money. I'm not positive, but it, it wasn't very much. He did not have enough money to take care of everyone. So he took care of what he could, and that's all he could do. They, he also talked about the fact that under the Soviet Union, he said, we had money but we didn't have anything to spend it on. Once the Soviet Union collapsed, we had things to buy, but we didn't have any money. So it, it didn't help them much. But Victoria talks about when she, right after the, the unification, after the independence from the Soviet Union, that she wanted a pair of jeans. And her mother wanted her to have a pair of Western jeans. So her mother drove, or her father drove them to the border with Poland. And at the border, they had to get in line to go into Poland. And they were only allowing so many people at a time from the Polish side to come in to buy things. So her mother went to the border of Poland every morning for like five days and waited in line for four to six hours each day before she got to cross into Poland and buy the jeans. Again, we just have no idea how these things change the lives of the people. Yeah, definitely. Can you tell me how having a better understanding of the Ukrainian culture 
as well as the German culture helped you appreciate the American culture more? That's where I can get on my soapbox because I discovered that it is one thing to talk about freedom and it's another thing to live without freedom. It's one thing to live in America and have our lifestyle and the conveniences and another thing to live in a former Soviet country where our lifestyle is plush. Victoria's mother once said, American women have it so easy. And I looked at her and I said, what do you mean? And she said, you have it so easy. You have dishwashers, you have washing machines and dryers, and you have cars and you drive, and you have all of these conveniences. You have all of this food that's already been prepared. You have all of these restaurants. You have it so easy. And it made sense when she said that. Can you describe to our listeners the biggest impact hosting your exchange students had on you? I think what it really did is that it made my husband and I both citizens of the world rather than just of the United States. It broadened our perspective, and we didn't look at the Soviet Union and Russia like we did sort of before. You know, Russia was always in the Soviet Union during most of my lifetime was the enemy, and they were evil. No, they were just like us. And they had the same problems that we did and everything else. It's just that we handle things differently in the United States. So it really, really made us both appreciate what we have. Definitely. What kind of impact did your exchange students leave on the community? Both of them were very active with student groups in the high school. And both of them were willing to visit the Chamber of Commerce or any other group who wanted some information and share with them. So that was a very practical thing for them to do. Victoria, in her government class, was studying American government and pulling like the highest grades in the class all the time, much to the dismay of American students. And she got involved with the uh, future business leaders of America. And she ended up writing a paper about the difference between communism and the United States government. The competition was three levels. There was one on the local level, where she placed third, one on the state level, where she placed first, and one on the national level in Florida, where she placed eighth in the nation. She presented that paper to several civic groups in our town, and she also shared that when she went back to Ukraine. She also, for her history class, 
had an assignment about the Bill of Rights, and she selected the Bill of Rights about freedom of religion. And what she did was she was fascinated with the fact that in wherever we went, anywhere in any town or anywhere else, there were all of these churches. There were churches on every corner and places, and, and she was just kind of amazed at how many churches we had. In her country, in her town of 80,000 people, there was a Russian Orthodox church, there was a Catholic church, and there was a Jewish synagogue. That was it. That's all they had. So this was really kind of fascinating to her. So for her project, she went through and she counted in the phone book every single church listed in our town and added them up. And then we went around with the Polaroid, which this was before our phone cameras, and took pictures. And she put it together on a big presentation board. And when she went home, she took that with her and used that presentation to talk about her experiences in America at school and to different groups in her city. So... You know, it, it just gives you that, that view again. Yeah, definitely. And I love how you talked about the competition that she was involved in, placing eighth in the nation. That is such a huge achievement for anyone, especially a student who's not even from the U.S. That is, so I think that's just so fascinating. That is so it's amazing. amazing. It is amazing. And the, the thing about that competition was that when she placed third on the local level, she came home and she said, oh, I just did a terrible job. I, I failed. And I went, wait a minute, you placed third. What's, what are you talking about? Well, I always do better than that. Then she placed first at state, so she was a little happier. But when she had eighth at national, when she got home from her trip to Florida, which was very exciting for her, when she got home, she was going, oh, I can't believe it. She said, I can't tell my parents I came on eighth. And I'm going, why? And she said, well, because I ha I'm always first or second. I never come in late or lower than that. And I, I reminded her, you are a foreign student in the United States participating against American students. And you came in eighth. That is not a failure. It, she was very competitive. That is such a huge achievement. I mean, I would never be able to do that. So that I think that is really cool. Last time we spoke, you said that as a teacher, you always wanted to impact a student's life, but you knew for sure that you had a big impact on your two exchange students. Can you describe that to our listeners? I think... The reason I think I've had an impact on Alex was that we are still in touch occasionally. Every time we have talked to him since he went home, I have asked him, do you still do your own laundry? Do you still cook your own meals? And every time he answers, yes. <laughs> so I know I impacted him in kind of a funny way. But, but the fact that we're still field-connected is important. With Victoria, 
it was a little different because we helped her return to the United States and go to college. And she lived with us for that three and a half years to finish a degree, again, as a foreign student in English, minoring in German, doing extremely well. And she tells people that we changed her life, that if it wasn't for us, she would not be here. And she still lives in the United States. She's, she has a fantastic job. She makes all kinds of money. She pays her taxes, and she's happy to do it because she understands the connection between taxing and having the services, the roads, the clean streets, the parks, all of the things that you don't see in her country. Awesome. Yeah. I love hearing about students who you know, foreign exchange students who come back after their experience and live in the U.S. I think that is really amazing that they are able to, that they come back and sometimes make the U.S. their second home. Well, and I I didn't mention it, but Victoria also received her American citizenship a few years ago. Really? Yes. Wow, that is interesting. That must have been quite the experience. Do you know much about the process of doing that? Well, at the time, she was on her own and divorced, and so she pretty much did it by herself. We did go to the ceremony, as did my mother and my son and daughter-in-law and my grandchildren were there to cheer her on when she was um, received her citizenship. Wow, that is... That's amazing. After you hosted your student from the Ukraine, Victoria, you went back to her country and visited her a couple times. And you mentioned to me that the people there were just so fascinated um, and excited by you. Can you describe this? We were invited to speak at her high school in Ukraine, and we were also invited to speak at her brother's high school. Both times when we went to the schools to speak, the students were just just stared at us and asked us all kinds of questions, primarily about Hollywood and California. And so Idaho was a little bit of a disappointment because at that time we were farming. So they were going, oh, Okay, not all Americans are from Los Angeles. No, not hardly. They were fascinated by the fact that I was retired at the time, and I had white hair. And Ukrainian women of my age all dyed their hair. So seeing a white-haired woman was one of the reasons they stared at me. Um, they were, for those students, we were probably, we were, they told us, we were the first native English-speaking people they had ever met. All the rest of them, including Victoria's mother, who was an English teacher, learned English from Russia. 
So you mentioned to me and to our listeners that Victoria came back to the U.S. for university and she lived with you and your husband. Can you tell us a little bit about that and just touch more about what she is doing now? Right now, she is working for a, working in the tech industry with the cloud and security and sales. Uh, she has a salary job with a nice commission, and she does very well. She is engaged right now. They had planned on being married last summer, but she doesn't want to get married until her parents can be here. And that's not going to happen until the pandemic is better. Is there anything else you want to share about your experience hosting an exchange student? Well, I think the other thing that I would like to share, because I'm a teacher at heart, is when we were in Ukraine, we visited the schools. And when Alex was with us, we discussed the school systems. And there were many similarities between the German schools and the Ukrainian schools in the fact that the students attended schools six days a week, not five. Saturdays was a half day in both countries. In both countries, students were asked to select, based on testing and interests, which high school they were going to attend, whether they were going to go to the vocational route or if they were going to go to an academic school. And if they went to an academic school, they had to select which one. For Victoria in Ukraine, that meant that she had to select. Was she going to a school that emphasized English? A school that emphasized the fine arts? A school that emphasized science and math? a school that emphasized foreign languages or German or whatever. They were making those choices very, very early when they were like 12 to 14 years old. And I found that really fascinating. And in Ukraine, the other thing I noticed when we visited the schools, that there were, of course, no extracurricular activities, nothing extra, it was just school. But in Ukraine, what I really noticed was the condition of the school buildings. Basically, the buildings looked like inner city ghetto schools in this country. They were old, they were cold, they were dirty, they had They spent all day in a single classroom. The teachers came to them. The students did not move from area to area. And it was was kind of depressing. And in Ukraine, many of the students who lived outside the city in the neighboring villages could not come back and forth to school every day because the transportation wasn't there. So they would board those students at the school during the week, and then they would go home on weekends. 
So I found that really interesting. Yeah, that is really interesting. And I didn't know that they went to school six days a week instead of five. That's that's funny. I can just imagine the uproar if that were to happen in the U.S. I don't think American students would enjoy that very much. That is so funny. And then also they have to choose, you know, what direction they want to go in with their education so young in life. It took me long enough as it was, you know, so I can't imagine making that big of a decision while I was so young. It took me three years of college to figure out what I was going to do. Exactly, exactly. They must have been really mature to be able to figure that out so young. So that is so interesting. And lastly, can you tell me about why you think foreign exchange students are so valuable to our community? I think they're valuable for a variety of reasons. Probably the major reason is because they educate Americans in terms of, in America, we tend to be somewhat isolated from the rest of the world because we have a big ocean on each side of us. And what happens, I think, is that we live in our communities and that's all we know. When we have foreign exchange students come, they show us that there is more to the world than the United States of America. And that just because they're from a former Soviet country and from Ukraine, it doesn't make them any different than we are. They still have their, their joys. They still have their tragedies. They still have their hardships. They still have their good times. And that's also true of Germany. And you can just go through any of the other countries in the world. And it's the same. The degree might be different. But, but it helps focus that. We're not just reading about something impersonal in a book, in a history book or a geography book. We're actually seeing that culture differently. And I think that's really very, very important for the United States and for people of this country to be aware of. Isolationism is not good, and they help break that down. I agree, and I think that's great that you mentioned that because that is kind of the whole reason why I started this project was to help make Americans more aware of the world around them and to, I guess, involve themselves in a more global community. So thank you for mentioning that. And also, I want to say thank you, Judy, to you for coming on and doing this podcast with me. I think it was fascinating, and I learned a lot, and I'm sure that our listeners learned a lot from you also. So thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for giving me the opportunity. I love to talk about my foreign exchange students. I hope all of you enjoyed this episode of Impacts Without Borders. Please join us for the next episode where I will be interviewing Magdalena, a former exchange student from Austria. Thank you for listening to Impacts Without Borders.